It's Friday, November 13th. So it's Friday the 13th. Oh, scary. Um, But this podcast is not about the movie Friday the 13th. And I haven't seen one of those movies in forever. And I think if I watched even the original again, I probably wouldn't like it. But anyway, so it's been... um, It's been about a week since... Um, the election was called for, for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I had to hold back some, some tears when, when I just said that, um, because it's just tears of, well, tears of joy and tears of relief because I will try and take you through (laughs) the week that was starting November 3rd. Well, actually, starting starting October 24th, which was the first day. I'm a New Yorker. Um, so, which was the first day I was able to vote. And so I voted early, um, and I'm on Long Island, and I waited like three hours outside. Luckily, it was a nice day out. Um, most people had their masks on. There were like one or two random people that didn't, and then once they got in the place, they put their mask on, but I just kept my distance from them. Um, and I kept my distance even online outside and I, it was fascinating cause I guess it's just the, just the way people are. They tended to congregate. These are strangers, you know, and they just want something to do cause they know they're going to be online for line for a while. So they get close to each other and they start talking and they think that masks, I guess is, is are like full protection from them. They probably think, oh, we're outside. We have masks. We can get close together. And it's like, no, it, it increases the risk if you get close together, even though you're outside and even though you're wearing masks. And I would see where I saw one person in front of me didn't have a mask on at all. And she started talking to people with masks on. And then the people she was talking to, they would take their masks off if they had to like blow their nose or, you know, get some, have a drink of water or drink. So it's like, oh, so I, I am like 12 feet uh, away from them. And I'm making sure the people behind me are, are far apart from me, or at least I'm not facing them, you know? So, uh, you know, and then once we get inside, you know, all masked, everybody has to be masked up. Um, and I go in and, and vote, and, and I got emotional voting, you know, filling out Biden and Harris's name and then all the Democratic candidates um, as far as my local candidates go. Um, and just the fact that I did it, you know, this is a, quite a historical election, um, trying to uh, unseat um, a wannabe authoritarian um, in Donald Trump and his enablers. So, so that was, uh, it was very, very big. And I just, I wanted to vote in person to have my vote counted right away. Cause you know, the, the, the mail-in ballots, I believe get counted a little later. So I just wanted to make that, that statement. And I just wanted to make sure, <laughs> you know, but then it turns out, you know, the, the, this election system was one of the most secure in history. So that was like, the day that I voted, and and all before before that, I you know volunteered when I could for the Biden campaign for my local candidates. Whether it's I made a few phone calls, um, uh, I, I sent a, a couple of thousand texts um, for Biden and for um, some of my local candidates. Uh, I wrote a couple of hundred postcards. Um, for different organizations that have postcards and letters. So I, I did that. And then all, you know, I was working a, a, a full-time job as well. So the days I, I was not working, I don't really have a social life anymore because of the pandemic. So that kind of just kept, you know, my, my energy going. I can't just sit there and do nothing. I get tired if I sit there and do nothing. So that was before voting. And then after voting, you know, still doing the texting and a little bit of phone calling and, and, um, 
and doing all that and making sure people I knew had a plan to vote. They were ready to vote. Um, so that's called vote tripling. Um, so I did that with people that I knew. I think I contacted like five to ten people and asked them to contact other people. So um, so election day happens. And, you know, I, I, I listen to, you know, the, the guys from the Lincoln Project and James Carville, and they're saying, it's going to be a blowout. And Carville's like... We're going to find out by 10 o'clock and Trump's going to get – it's going to be a landslide. And I'm like, oh, God. And I'm listening and I'm like, I wish I had his confidence and I wish I had his optimism. I was cautiously optimistic. And then, you know, so election day, it kind of went the way that most of the people who at least I read, like the electioneers, the forecasters predicted. They said it's 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 probably going to – we're not going to find out right away because all the mail-ins and it's going to look like this red mirage that Trump is, is really winning by a lot. So when there's results coming in – and I'm like, okay, Trump is winning by a lot, and I know this, but still, I couldn't accept that he was even winning by 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 anything. I couldn't accept that even one person voted for him. So uh, I I was literally through. Thank goodness I work I work um, later uh, in the day because I stayed up like till three in the morning. I I was shaking with anxiety. Um, I couldn't sleep that well. When I did sleep, I would sleep for a couple of hours and then wake up and then go through it again. And luckily I got enough rest for, um, for work. So I was alert for work. Um, but it just, the thought, you know, your mind with anxieties, like future trips and you think, oh my God, another four years of this, how are we going to do this? And what's going to happen to the country? And when, what, what are, what's going to happen to people, the vulnerable people? And with the pandemic, he doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't listen to science and the environment, blah, 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 blah. So I was shaking. Um, and then, you know, the, so election day, comes and goes and it, 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 it's starting to look good for Biden, you know, based on the results. But, you know, we got to wait, got to wait for the counts, you know, and, and, and it trickles in. And I, I, I don't like cable, a 24 hour network news. I get my news mostly from, you know, I, granted, I still watch every once in a while, but I, it's, it's not my main source because it's just, they don't need to report every little county. It's just anxiety inducing, you know, and everything's breaking news. Um, and it, there's not really much to say after a while. And there's so many other things going on in the world. We can take a break from the election and talk about other things. And then when something major happens, you can talk about it again. But that's not what they did. It's just kind of like stringing us along and the way the count was. And listen, I'd rather than take a while to count and get an accurate number than, than rush it and, and don't. But the fact that it took so long and, you know, because of the mail-in ballots and it's just like, come on. Oh, my God, please, please. So um, and then it's like, well, what kind of shenanigans is, is Trump going to do or try to do? Because he's not going to accept defeat. He still hasn't accepted defeat. He's not conceding, even though there's basically no chance of him winning at all. You know, he's going to try to maneuver and try to, to reverse the decision. Uh, but that it is highly unlikely to happen. But he's going to try because he's not a he's not a um, he's not a fair loser. Um, so November 7th comes around and, um, you know, I'm just at home doing my thing. And then, you know, the news comes and I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, oh, just, you know, and I knew it was coming and you just wanted to hear it. You just wanted to hear it. And you're just waiting and waiting and just a wave, just a wave of emotion, just happiness, you know, sadness, you know, for all the people that, that, that died, that, that could have survived this virus if we had someone responsible, uh, in charge. Um, 
and and just the just profound relief profound um and and to to see on social media and and you know the celebrations i was a little you know i, I wish people did <laughs> i wish people didn't gather outside you know granted they had masks on but still it's the same story with election day people tend to congregate even with masks and to to really decrease the risk of this virus you you know even if you're outside you want to keep your distance but people weren't doing that so you know there was mixed feelings with that i'm i'm very risk averse when it comes to this virus i i really be as careful as possible with it um so um, but people are celebrating. People are, are just just ecstatic. I was ecstatic. Um, so I go on social media and see everybody else ecstatic. Um, and I, you know, all throughout the election, I'm, I'm posting like just different updates, including the ones saying, you know, take a breath. Biden's going to be doing fine. Not all the votes are in and it's still looking good, even though it seems like it's not, you know, this and, and like people from the uh, organizing group Indivis- Indivisible, like they tweeted something out saying, we've been telling you this for months, that this is the way it's going to be, and why are you people freaking out? And I think it's just, I was freaking out even though I knew, but I wasn't posting. Like I, I had some people I knew going, it's it's over, it's over, he's doomed, Tried. I told you Trump would win, this is not looking good. And I tried to defer them to the experts in this saying, you know, this is what the experts saying. This is this is why not everything's been counted yet, you know, but people just wanted something decisive. They wanted an immediate repudiation of Trump. We didn't get that. It it took it took a little longer. Uh, and now today it's been confirmed Biden won Arizona, Biden won Georgia, even though there's a there's a recount going on in Georgia. It's it's going, you know, he has a 12,000 vote lead uh, and usually recounts. There's a difference of a couple of hundred. So, you know, it, it's Georgia was called, you know, so he won, I believe, by the same amount that Trump did in the popular vote. It's it's the widest margin since since Barack Obama became president, and it might and, and this is the most amount of people you know I think in history that has ever voted in a presidential uh, election. Um, I think people were taken aback by the turnout that Trump was able to um, to have, um, and then especially in some demographics in Florida where uh, they didn't think Trump would perform as strongly as he did, but he did. Um, so so people were you know. And, and the one bad thing about social media is that, especially Twitter, you have people you know who might be great in their own fields, but then when they go and talk about something they're they're not an expert in, it's just all this doom and gloom, fatalism. Uh, you know, they think they're right in their predictions, so that's just multiplied by by thousands, and they're not experts, you know. In the field, and that's 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 a gripe I I do have with social media. So I tried to keep it to, you know, the expert election for- forecasters, knowing that they could get it wrong too, because elections can be unpredictable, people can be unpredictable, polling can be unpredictable as well. So, um, but I, I I clung on to the experts, you know, kind of just like 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 a blanket, uh, just to kind of ease my anxiety. Um, so yeah, so, so throughout from like November 3rd to November 7th, it was just a wave, wave, it went from freaking out to feeling moderately better to feeling a little better, feeling better, and then feeling absolutely ecstatic, ecstatic. Um, 
And then, you know, and then after the election's confirmed, you get all the the, the rumors of, well, you know, Trump is going to have the legislature and the faithless electors call the call the the, the election to him. Uh, and then, of course, social media erupts. This is a coup. They're forming a coup. Um, Trump is going to take it over because he knows how to do it. And, you know, you have this Trump enabler saying that. And then that's being echoed again by non-experts, by non-experts in politics or the law. Uh, and then, you know, I'm just reading today in, in the New York Times. This is why, you know, information is so, you know, the sources of information is so important. It seems like it is such a long shot for, for this to happen. And they're highly skeptical of it, highly unlikely. Likely, is it possible? I, yes, um, but it's highly, highly, highly unlikely. Um, and if something like like this does happen, I, I, I am, I have trust that the Biden team is prepared um, for anything to happen because Trump is just so unpredictable in many respects. Um, you know, and then he's not a fair loser, so he's now, you know, not, not putting together a transition team for the safety of this country, that's something good to do. He's not doing that because, you know, it's it, it has to be all about him with Trump. So he's holding back on that and he wants to he wants to cause chaos. Then after he causes chaos, he wants to speak about it so he can get more attention. And then this attention loop happens with him, you know, and and some advices will just ignore Trump. But the problem is you can't ignore Trump. He's the president of the United States. You can't Um, because words matter. Actions matter from the president. President of the United States is a very powerful person in a very powerful country. So, um with all that being said, whether or not he concedes is irrelevant because he is going to be leaving. You know, one would hope the transition team would 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 help uh, with Biden's transition team in order to get things going. I don't know if that's going to happen. Hopefully, it does. Um, and and I do. I remember I read it was something in in the New York Times where it was. Um, a quote where they interviewed Trump supporters and they also interviewed, you know, people against Trump. But the, the, the common denominator in those interviews was that people were exhausted by him. And it's a profound sense of relief that he's gone, even with some of the supporters, you know, because even if it's someone you agree with, it's just the way that he does things is just exhausting. So even if you're a staunch defender of him, you're spending all this time and energy defending all these just ridiculous actions that he's been doing since he was campaigning, all the ridiculous things he said, all the rationalizations and excuses people have to make for him, um, all these all these actions that go against their core beliefs um, about how to properly behave as a person and then trying to rationalize by saying, well, I may not agree with the way he acts, but I like the policy that he does. The problem is with with presidents, actions matter, words matter, behavior matters. Not to mention some of the policies were just downright cruel. Uh, Family separation being one of them as a punitive measure, and there's like 600 families who are separated from their children, and that is child abuse. That is clear-cut child abuse, separating children from their families, and they're not even together yet. Separating a child from their family for days is absolutely awful. This has been going on for a very long time. So I hope there is some accountability for the people who have done this. I don't know if there will be. I I really hope there is. Something like this cannot, should not be justified. Um, So, you know, uh, the the Biden and his team have a a lot of work to do, but I I trust in Biden. And Biden wasn't my first choice. Biden wasn't my second choice. Biden wasn't my third choice. It was like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and then I probably would have, for the the last remaining candidates, I probably would have gone with with Pete Buttigieg. Um, 
as the third from the the last that were remaining. But you know, I I I'm very much a, um, a, a left winger, progressive, democratic socialist, whatever you want to call me. But it was Bernie Warren. Um, as my top two. So hopefully Biden um, will appoint some progressives in his cabinet and it's just going to be, it's going to be exciting to find out. And even if he doesn't, I'll be disappointed, but it'll be nice for a president to go back to normal, have a president I can trust. Um, and even if he doesn't do everything that I agree with, at least that I, that I, I know that he supports um, democracy, which I don't believe Trump and his team do. I believe they're in it for themselves, they're in it and they're in it for power and democracy be damned. And that's really no way to, um, to run a country. Um, so, but again, quite the emotional roller coaster, quite. And I remember I posted on, um, on my personal Facebook page, you know, it was, it was nice. I think it was, it was November 7th and it was nice to not doom scroll that day, you know, and doom scrolling is, you know, you're just going on Twitter and you just see all the bad news and you just can't stop and you just keep going. And I was doing that all around election day. I'm trying to find good news and it's just like, Oh my God, all this crap. And, you know, November 7th and even till now, listen, there's a lot of bad news going on now. But there's glimmers of hope because we're soon we're gonna have um, we're gonna have adults adults in the room, um, uh, and the fact that this is such a historical election with Biden and with with Vice President Elect Harris being in there, you know, not only is she super super qualified, she's super super uh, brilliant. Um, and she, you know, Biden has said he's building a bridge. You know, he's not gonna live forever. He may not run for a second term because of his age. Um, so he'll be a bridge between, you know, the past and, and, and the future. And, and I think that Har- uh, Kamala Harris will be that, uh, will be that future. One would think, you know, if Biden does not decide to run, Harris will, will run in his stead and then, um, you know, off to the races, but anything can happen between now, four years from now. So it's concentrating on the present. Uh, Biden is going to focus on the coronavirus along with, um, plan, you know, and the, in the environment seems to be tied with everything, which makes sense because without the environment, we all die. So, um, so I'm glad to see a president that supports us not dying. Um, and with Biden, it's, a, it's such a poetic story because Biden's life is just filled with with tragedy you know growing up as a kid with a stutter uh, going through that overcoming that he wins um, the Senate at 29 years of age and right before he's sworn in he loses his his wife he loses his baby daughter uh, his sons are uh, seriously injured Um and, you know, then he meets uh, the first lady, a future first lady, Jill Biden, who, by the way, will still have a job when she's the first lady because she's a community college teacher, Dr. Jill Biden. Um, but uh, so he, he meets Jill Biden, you know, reforms family. Uh, have, they, they have a daughter. Uh, and um, and then, you know, Biden was going to run in 16. He was thinking of running in 16 and he probably would have won. You know, Barack Obama had some momentum. And, um, and then he lost his son. He lost his son, um, Bo. And, um, and, and I think from that, he just, he just was too emotionally distraught to run. So, you know, life filled with not, not just, you know, losing one child is just the most, one of the most horrific things you can go to. And then he loses another one, which is, you know, obviously doubly horrific, but all through that or, and all through that, 
you know, Biden ha- has learned to grieve and he's learned to have such a huge amount of empathy. And he he's I think he's he's a natural healer. He knows how to speak to people who are grieving, who are going through a tough time because he himself has gone through it, his own emotional roller coaster. And I think, you know, the difference between Biden and from 2016 and, you know, Biden now is that he seems to be a little more reserved. You know, he did have some moments where, you know, challenging people to push-ups or, you know, calling someone a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You know, he would have those those out, outbursts. But I think, you know, these past couple of months has shown how much more mellow he is and how much more of a listener he is building coalitions with, with progressives um, where he probably didn't have to. Um, and and moving forward to try and genuinely, genuinely bring the country together. Not platitudes, but genuinely trying to bring the country together, trying to heal. And I think his story, along with the story of the United States since the coronavirus, is that it's, the country is going through a major tragedy. And we're on the uptick now. Thousands of people are – a thousand people are dying each day, which is just horrifying. We've lost – you know, I think it's like 240,000 people now, which is absolutely astounding. Um, and it's it's hard to wrap your head around that many people dead. Um, and I think people are ignoring that because then they're, they're just not following the rules. They don't think it's going to happen to them. So I think Biden will be good at navigating that tragedy, as well as doing his best to set an example, uh, how to follow the public health rules, how to follow the science, how to follow the data, and then different things to do to, to balance uh, public health safety with the, the health of the economy, uh, all rolled into one while, you know, not being a dictator, you know, where states have certain rights, so he can't mandate, you know, mask wearing. And even if he could, that's impossible. There's too many people. But, you know, he can wield his influence. He can get together with the governors and have them use their influence on people. And if the governors don't work, have the local officials try to wield their influence. And that kind of influence works, especially um, when you convey a message that it not only can save your own life, but the people that you care about. And getting the science through, getting trusted figures like Dr. Fauci talking every single day. And um, we can hopefully get back to normal with with more pandemic prevention in place so something like this doesn't happen again. Or if it does happen again, we can tackle this very early, very early. And who knows what this country is going to look like when the pandemic's over. You know, maybe mask wearing will be a thing, you know, just to stop the flu, just to stop colds, you know, all of that. So maybe... You know, I, I want to be against wearing masks in the summer again. You know, just, just you know, if, if you're on a subway, if you're on a train, you know, just to stop spreading even a cold. Having a cold sucks. Having the flu sucks. Being sick sucks. Dying sucks. <laughs> you know, the after effects of COVID are awful for for some people. And, they, and there's still such a mystery uh, with it, you know, so I hope a majority, if not all Americans learn, um, really the, the, the high stakes with this, you know, and, uh, you know, from based on things I've read, you know, you, you, I'm a big horror movie watcher. So you watch a horror movie and it's like, I can't believe you're going to go into that house when you know the killer's in the house. Why are you going in the house? Please stop going in the house. What's wrong with you? And then you think, oh, my God, how can somebody act like that? But meanwhile, we, we have people who who do, who do, who they, they, they know there's a virus out there. But, you know, through 
either denial or, again, not getting the correct information. Uh, you know, they read something on social media from somebody with no credibility whatsoever. They believe it because they want to believe it. They go out, not wear a mask, put themselves and others in harm's way, and that's how the virus spreads. And the virus don't give a shit because the virus isn't a human being with feelings and emotions. The virus is the virus. And it doesn't care, it doesn't feel, it's not happy, it's not sad, it just is. And that's what makes it so dangerous. Um, so, um, so yeah, so information is important. Please get your information from credible, credible sources. New York Times, Daily News, NPR, BBC, Straight news sources. You know, if you want to listen to people with opinions, whether it's uh, John Oliver, Rachel Maddow, I'm a fan of Tom Hartman, but I don't go to them for my news. I go for them, you know, to be informed with a little bit of entertainment, but I do not go to them for my news. They are not news sources. They give their take on the news, and I sometimes enjoy hearing those takes, but I do not get my news. I get my news from credible sources that know how to disseminate that information. And um, a well-informed populace is a prepared populace and knowledge is power. So please, 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 please get your information from a credible source, not some charismatic personality with a podcast, with a YouTube channel. No, 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 no. News, 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 facts. God damn it. <sighs> and that includes me. Do not get your news from me. Please. Go to those sources that I recommend. All right? Great. So with all that being said, I'm going to end this. Um, Congratulations, President-elect Joe Biden. Congratulations, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Congratulations. And I very much look forward to uh, to seeing how you uh, preside over these United States in the year of our Lord, 2021. Uh, So help is on the way with the vaccine. Hope is on the way with Biden and Harris. We just have to get through the end of this year with Trump and the beginning of January. But we'll be all right. We'll be all right. All right. And I hope you're all right as well. Wear a mask. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Listen to scientists like Dr. Fauci. Listen to the credible scientists, please. Not those rogue ones who think they're cool. Credible scientists who use consensus. All right. That being said, um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. You can email me at MMAM Podcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Take it easy. Bye.